<laughs> yeah, no kidding. And welcome to episode 140. <laughs> yeah. Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 140 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. I'm Matthew. And I'm Scarlett. And I am Ryan. Uh, we definitely encur- encourage uh, audience participation and def- uh, contribute com- comments and all that kind of stuff. So you, uh, you can do that lots of ways. <laughs> you can post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. You can uh, you like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash honest dot open dot vulnerable. And you can follow me on Instagram at Colonel underscore Tux. That's K-E-R-N-E-L underscore T-U-X. You can find us on Instagram at HOV Podcast. You can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Instagram at the Fuchsia Lady. That's T-H-E-F-U-C-H-I-A-L-A-D-Y. You can also write us an email. Our email address is hovpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail for us at the following number, 231-846-8420. And you can find me on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles. And we are coming to you from Studio Eclectic. And who is that to our right that has made her return to the studio microphone? It's me. I've been on assignment. Sorry, but I'm back now. Welcome back. It's been, I feel like it's been forever. It feels like it has been forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm back. So. So anyway, um, <laughs> we, uh, j- I, j- I uh, wanted to uh, get get a couple uh, house cleaning house cleaning an- announcements. Um, we literally got just got uh, finished uh, recording our uh, like a little welcome video for our channel. Finally, <laughs> so uh, by the t- by the time that uh, that will be uh, posted, by the time this episode is posted, so there'll be posted synchronously or at the same time simultaneously yeah well not exactly simultaneously because you can't you know you you can only upload one file at a time but Mm. you know that's neither here nor there but anyway by the time this episode is out that video will be posted on our our youtube channel so uh we're uh moving towards uh doing a live show um, there, there's just a few little niggly de- details that will literally take no time whatsoever to actually get, uh, start streaming. And so you'll be a, um, so yeah, we'll have, we'll do like live chat and you can like come up, you know, vote. It, you know, uh, chip chip in with whatever we're talking about, or post a show title idea, or you know what have you. So as so as so as you're not being a dick. The word of the you day know? today is going to be interaction. That's what we're <laughs> looking for with our ah! Ah! <laughs> with this uh, move to uh, a live format. 
We like to get our. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't say what the, it was a secret word. Okay. I did not say it was a secret okay, word. That, all right. That's right. That's right. I, I was, you know, I was wrong in that. It was the word of the day, not the, necessarily <laughs> the, the secret word exactly. of the day. Okay. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> and this is the time of the podcast where Scarlett wishes she was still on assignment. <laughs> <laughs> but. No. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll we'll definitely make a big uh, announcement when we actually do go go live, and you know we'll be um, be posting on our ver- on our uh, social uh, social media when we are about to go live. So you know, so keep keep look out look out for that. And uh, we like to so now that that's out of the way, uh, we do like to start every every uh, show with our mom- moments of squee. And uh, since uh, it's her, you know, triumphant return to the studio, <laughs> what uh, what what do you have, Scarlett? Well, I have a couple of things. Number one, my birthday is behind me. I turned twenty one for the twenty fifth time. Um, do the math, anyway. Um, and I went down to. Sorry, <laughs> I went down water, to water bottle. <laughs> I went down to Colorado Springs to see my family. And pretty much just kicked back and relaxed. And I did get a couple of things. I um, One of my moments of squee is that I ordered um, the 25th anniversary of She, the um, Way of the Warriors, actually what it is, uh, by Billy Tucci. And I got a autographed um, Comic-Con international exclusive um so i've yet to receive it but i have i ordered it and then i also am going to be getting we're going to be getting a couple of uh really neat she posters and that's shi so if you want to know what that is look it up um but we met uh billy tucci two years ago at at uh the pop culture con that we do here in denver and he was just really down to earth, very personable, very, just one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, a little manic, but I think all artists are to a certain degree. And so I um, wanted to support him. So go to Billy Tucci, that's T-U-C-C-I.com. Check, check him out. So that was number one. Number two was, of course, I got to see my family. That's secondary. But I also... Uh, I, I feel bad for your family all of a sudden that they're that they're that they were your sec- secondary. You know what? It wasn't it wasn't like that. It's just that um, whenever I get to spend time with my, it's like unspoken. Plus, you have a good time. I have a good time with my family, so I don't get to see them very often. So when I do, we have a good. My other brother, I will do another moment of ske- squee. Um, my other brother who has had a medical emergency. He is off of dialysis now, and so he nice. just has had the the his ports taken out or whatever. But he's almost at one hundred percent recovery, which was really good. And then I went. This was my gift to myself, and I don't know if you can see this very good with the camera. I'm going to attempt to do this. Okay. No. <laughs> So basically, this is the Sandman. This book weighs more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's going to hold it up. There you go. It's book one of the annotated 
the annotated uh, series. There are three of these mamas in the whole series. Um, but um, so I got the first one. I also bought my first copy of The Watchmen, which I've had my eye on for a while now. And then the other thing I got is I got my first piece of um, Magna, which was um, the Twin Star Ex Exorcist, Exorcist series. And that's very different to read Magna. because Manga. Manga, manga, whatever. Manga. Mango. Yeah, mango, <laughs> mango. There you go. No, um, no, that's not Manga. But to read it, read it, um, because you have to read it from the back cover right to left. And we're used to doing front covers right to left. So, or right, excuse me, left to right. So it's just, it's a little different to read. But at least it has a really good plot and I'm enjoying it. So... I, I, I do, honest with the manga, I do not envy you because <laughs> honestly, just, just hear, hearing you de describe how it's, how it's laid out, I, it, 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 I feel like I would have to turn my brain inside out and backwards in order to be able to <laughs> be able to read that. <laughs> you kind of do. And then what I pick up, like, because I'm also reading, I also joined for my birthday, I joined a Marvel Unlimited which is all of the comic books ever made by Marvel and you can get them online. And I've been reading the whole, anything I can get my hands on about Legion right now. So um, reading, I just finished uh, the X-Men um, legacy series, which was all about Legion basically and his coming, coming to, so I'm enjoying that too. So just having some some fun things that I bought for myself that I normally wouldn't have done because of this birthday, and I don't know why. And then we'll go back to not acknowledging it for a few years. <laughs> and um, that's fine with me. So anyway, that's what I did. That's my moment to squee. Well, happy belated birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's behind me. So glad. But... Um, I celebrated it by doing some fun things. We also went to hyperspace where Matt paid for us to go and play no, video games. No. Play video games. It was so fun. No, but it was fun to to go and do that because we haven't done that in a while. So that was really fun. So all of that. A little peek behind the curtain. So that was a, a fun little trip that the three of us did. A field trip, if you will, mm -hmm. to uh, go and play some video games and uh, get uh, some opportunity to let our inner children run around like kids in a candy store <laughs> or, in this case, the video game arcade. Yeah. So uh, since since we're on that subject, we'll just do, kind of do a quick aside. Uh, um, hyperspace, uh, we've, we've uh, briefly talked about this oh, yeah, on we've talked the about podcast a couple of times. Um, and, but this is the first time that all three of us actually went to hyperspace together. So, uh, since, uh, we've kind of talked about this on parallel tracks, what was, what was it like to be back at hyperspace and for all of us to be a part of this together and spend some time celebrating your leveling up to use a uh, video game parlance. <laughs> it was fun. The only disappointment that I had was that they didn't have any pinball where before they had like a whole section of pinball and because it's changed owners, I guess they just decided that 
we don't know why. We don't know if it was because of the space or what that they took all the pinballs out of there. But it was still really fun to go and play some of those vintage games. And it was fun to kind of do that with you because we hadn't done that with you. So that was... It was really fun. And it had been uh, some some time for uh, since uh, Scarlett and I uh, la- last went. And uh, it should should be noted that they uh, so uh, before before um, we they, they had announced that they would be closing at the end of summer. And mm-hmm. then liter- literally like uh, I think it was the d- one like one or two days before uh, we act- we went, they had announced that they had. They'll stay stay open as you know as as long as they can. So I'm surmising that you know they sold a bunch of the pinball machines to kind of help help keep everything afloat. So and we can all we can do is speculate at this point. The reason why I'm just glad that they're going to stick around because hyperspace no is kidding. a really cool venue uh, for essentially the the purest of pure arcade experiences you'll mm-hmm. ever hope to find. I know that. Uh, I guess the term is barcades are kind of popular these days where you can go and have a have a beer and get some food and play some video games. There's a, a popular place to downtown here that uh, people really enjoy. But if you just want the pure unadulterated experience where you get the games and maybe the occasional soda or snack, hyperspace mm-hmm. is going to be your your best bet. And, and they're not paying me to say this. This is a place that I have been to for for you know a few years now, and I've had I've gone there from quite literally from when they first open and I've stayed as late some nights when they close. And there is not a single game out there that you can't find that we would, could probably find some enjoyment in. Mm-hmm. So for, for any, any folks listening around the, uh, the local uh, Denver Metro area, give, you know, support your small business and show, show them that uh, you, uh, you enjoy the, you enjoy the classic games. You enjoy having them in in your community, and that you're willing to uh, give them support so they can be part of our, uh, you know, part of our community for uh, not just now but for the foreseeable future. And uh, again, they're not paying me to 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 shill for them, but however, <laughs> but hyper, hyperspace has it's it's a it's a it for it holds a very special place in my heart, and. Uh, I would like to continue to uh, support them and keep them afloat as as much as possible. And for those that are hearing us within the uh, the surrounding areas, please uh, support your small business. Give them your your patronage. Tell your friends. Tell your families that game that don't game but used to game, uh, so they can uh, you know. Uh, whether it's for the vintage factor of playing an old arcade cabinet or for the nostalgia factor of playing games they played as a kid, uh, give them your, uh, uh, you know, give them your business, give them your support. It, you'll be glad you did. And as a, in, in some small way, uh, I'll be glad you did as well. So, uh, but don't do it for me. Do it, <laughs> do it, because, do it for, the enjoyment of the games and for do it for having something that is essentially pure and wholesome entertainment Mm -hmm. in your, in your town in, in something that not just uh, that people from all walks of life can enjoy. 
and it doesn't it doesn't discriminate as long as you pay the fee. So <laughs> right. Uh, so Ryan, what was your what was your uh, favorite uh, game that you played when we, all of us went there? Um, it, it was well, I, I would say it was a mi- uh, mi- mix of two. Um, it, it was three, but one of them's gone now. Um, <laughs> uh, one one was uh, Ga- Galaga, mm-hmm. or or you know one of you know one of its clones yeah <laughs> you know it's you know space invaders galaga it's all they're you know pretty pretty much the same kind kind of game that you know things are coming from the top and you're trying to shoot them all <laughs> and they they have a uh like a bowling alley uh game where okay. they have like a little track trackball right in the middle and then you know you that that's how you you, you know roll the ball down the the virtual alley and whatnot and that that's the that that is officially the only way that i would ever ever bowl more than 100 (laughs) that's uh uh, yeah i heart i heart i hardly ever uh bowl over the century mark in real life so (laughs) yeah i came in on the tail end of uh the two of you playing that game i was playing joust at the time i think you two were were on that one and it looked like both of you were enjoying that one a lot yeah that was fun my favorite has to be Centipede, and the reason why is my my older brother taught me how to play that when I was a little kid. So I always think of him playing with me. Of course, we also played like Donkey Kong, but I was never good at any of those games. So I but I happen to be really good at Centipede, so I was having fun. Yeah, yeah, I could, I, I could never last, very, you know, long enough at Donkey Kong to actually in, enjoy it. Like I, I always died like within like may, maybe t- fifteen seconds in, on on the first on the first level. And it's like, well, pff, that was a wasted quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I had the home version of Donkey Kong for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Oh, nice. So uh, I. I, I don't I haven't played the ar- the actual arcade version very often, but with Centipede, I was actually afraid to play Centipede. Yeah. And here's why, because uh, when you're you're this high as a kid <laughs> and you don't understand the rules of the game, all you want to do is just spin the trackball. <laughs> you learn that when you're you're that age that or at least you tell yourself in your, you know, five, six, seven year old brain that the trackball will bite you <laughs> because because it, it pinches your fingers if you're not careful. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what happened to me every time I tried to play a trackball game like Centipede is that I got my fingers pinched every time. I was like, how, how, how? <laughs> so I, I, I never played Centipede because it always pinched my fingers <laughs> and I only within the last couple of years did I actually play it for realizing that's what the problem is. I just need to kind of dial it, dial my enthusiasm down a little bit and I might actually enjoy playing this and not have my fingers pinched on the sides of the trackball. <laughs> but for the longest time I never I never played it because I was always afraid of getting my fingers pinched. Well, I mean, yeah, at, at that at that age, that's pretty e- that's pretty easy to do. It is. <laughs> not it, so much once you get to teenage years, you know. Hopefully. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I always avoided those games because I hated having my fingers getting <laughs> pinched on the edge of the trackball. Yeah, I never 
But if you, if it's strategic and you have to slow down and you have to like like Pac-Man, for example, I just suck at those kind of games. I just if it's strategic and I have to slow down and you have to think now. That's why I like Centipede, because I can just I just have to worry about not pinching your fingers. Not pinching my <laughs> fingers and just Yeah. So it's a, it's relatively simple. So but all in all a fun afternoon getting a chance yeah. to hang out together and Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Visit the games of uh of yesteryear. Would have been better if they'd had pinball, but that's okay. I did miss some of the pinball games. Yeah. I miss I miss the fact that they had up until they got rid of the pinball machines. They had a Doctor Who pinball. Mm-hmm. And yeah. personally, for me, I miss the Baby Pac Man game because that's one of the few Pac Man uh, video game. It's the only Pac Man video game hybrid that ever existed, and it's the hardest Pac Man game I've ever played in my life. So mm-hmm. to have that challenge of playing that game combined with pinball, it is quite the video game experience. If you haven't had a chance to play it and you can find a, a, a cabinet out there, mm-hmm. be prepared to have a lot of four-letter words come out of your mouth that you didn't know existed. <laughs> so if you're playing it alone, no problem. Just uh, in an arcade setting, you just got to make sure that there aren't any innocent ears around. So, or or just make make up your own weird words. Exactly, <laughs> and just sub- substitute them. You know, exactly. So I miss the fact that one was was no longer there. I was hoping to play that one, but nope. I just had to settle on the other Pac-Man machines that I enjoy playing so much. So it worked out. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So what was your uh, moment of squee, Matthew? So my moment of squee, actually, uh, I, I, there's a couple of things here that I thought would be decent candidates. Uh, I saw that I, I, I got my first look at the upcoming uh, cover art for the uh, new Tool album coming out, Fear Inoculum, and it looks gorgeous. It, it, it kind of reminds me of a futuristic sci-fi lettering vibe that came out in like the early, early uh, 1930s, late 1920s sort of kind of uh, lettering. I thought that was actually a really mm-hmm. neat design, but I thought, I don't know if that's necessarily in the echelon of being a, a moment of squee. So after giving, after giving it some thought, uh, I am actually going to defer my moment of squee to give a congratulations to one of my colleagues from Burgundy Rainbow, uh, Nathan Rudolph, better known as Rudolph 3, uh, Avalanche Review. Uh, he uh, has, as of just a couple of days ago, accepted a position working for or contributing to uh, BSN Denver in their in their uh, on their media team focusing on uh, Colorado Avalanche coverage. So he works very hard at what he does. He's very good at what he does. He's very knowledgeable about Avalanche prospects and the team. So uh, this is a opportunity that has been well earned and absolutely well deserved. Uh, he's come so far in two years, and I can't say enough good words about him as a person about his knowledge of the game and about the sport 
he uh, was able to cover the Colorado Eagles uh, uh, final uh, ECHL uh, playoff run in uh, 2018 for their second consecutive Kelly Cup victory. And I know he worked hard on that. He got to interview uh, Avalanche prospects in the locker room. He's he's done so many things. And th- that experience only helped uh, prepare him to uh, make his content better and get him ready for this new opportunity. And Burgundy Rambo is going to is is so proud of him. It's a, it's a, not without a, a tinge of bittersweet feelings that we don't get to have him full time anymore. And that he, but it's also with a lot of pride and a lot of uh, well wishes that he's going to do. He's moving on to bigger and better things. So, uh. Uh, congratulations, Nathan. Congratulations, Rudo. We uh, we're very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. I'm glad to have been working alongside you, and all of your contributions to to Burgundy Rainbow, especially uh, for for me personally, helping out with the uh, content on the uh, Burgundy Rainbow YouTube channel. Uh, thank you so much for all you've done for Burgundy Rainbow in our uh, almost two years of uh, providing uh, content to Avalanche fans everywhere. You have definitely earned this opportunity, and I wish you all the success in the world coming up on your uh, soon to be a uh, present endeavors with BSN and there will always be a chair. However, whatever condition it is waiting for waiting for you for to, to, to have you back with us uh, when your schedule allows. So uh, that's my moment of squee. I can't be happier for you. I can't be prouder of you. And I'm, I'm just so so glad that you have been recognized to uh, take this uh, take this chance to do something new and build a you know continue to build your 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 craft and continue to do what you do so well and make it better. And excuse my ignorance, what's uh, BSN? BSN is uh, the is one of the uh, outlets here in the in in the Denver metro area that. Uh, they're not necessarily uh, uh, they're they're not they're an online uh, they're an online uh, journal journalism uh, outfit okay that covers uh, uh, Denver media that covers Denver sports so they have uh, coverage for the, the the Colorado Rockies the Denver Nuggets the Denver Broncos and the Colorado Avalanche and and they provide a a, 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 a subscription based service okay to uh, to fans of the local sports teams out there. So, uh, so Nathan is going to be uh, joining uh, head writer, AJ Hayfley, and he's, ar- he's already produced a podcast with him over the, the over the re- recent weeks. And now that he's been able to uh, join their team full time. So the, some of the best uh, sports coverage for the, uh, for the abs in, in the, in the mile high city has just gotten so much better with him. He, he's, he's really talented and uh, they're they're definitely going to benefit from having him. And uh, Burgundy Rainbow has been very lucky to have his uh, contributions, and hopefully uh, we'll continue to at least have him in some form or fashion as as uh, he transitions into his new role. But very quickly, that's a that's a who BSN okay. is. Okay, right on. And uh, my. And my moment of squeeze is actually uh, a couple announcements uh, during uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And we talked, to, talked about the exp- expanse on, on occasion here. 
And there are two an- announcements from um, to, from the company that produ- produces it that uh, the fourth se- fourth season will be out in mid in mid December on uh, on Amazon Prime. So, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm making all kinds of weird noises here. <laughs> and uh, they all, they also an- announced that uh, it was uh, re- renewed for uh, for season five. That's great. So we'll definitely have two uh, two more full se- seasons. And <clears throat> because it's no longer on Sci-Fi or Siffy or you know, I don't know how you want to pronounce it, but <laughs> since, since it's not uh, being uh, distributed through through that me- medium that it's it's now on uh, a- Amazon Prime they don't have they don't necessarily have the same constraints uh, and as far as like like pacing length they just, um that if if the they now have the freedom to uh to make a 57 minute episode or a 35 minute episode you know, it just it just depends on you know what what the story requires, and you know that I was I was watching you know a uh, they they had a panel with all the big big stars of course, and they all ex- explained that there's definitely a di- a new uh, like a new ener- energy on the set because they do have this um, this creative latitude that uh, they. You know the um, Amazon's pockets are uh, a bit deep, deeper than <laughs> than their than uh, sci- sci-fi and and um, and so it, it it'll be in- interesting to see um, how how the story story and uh, pr- production e- evolves with the, uh, in in this in this new paradigm. That you know, they're they're get, the act, actors and writers are given a little bit more latitude, and maybe may, and maybe you know you know be able to stretch stretch things out or or what or what have you. So with these uh, with with those constraints take, taken off, it'll be in, interesting to see what they come up with. It's it's always interesting to see what happens when the. Uh... The shackles of I won't say censorship because that sounds too heavy handed, especially mm-hmm. in this case because of what happened regarding the uh, essentially the show getting the axe. If I understand it correctly, mm-hmm. if, that, if that's mm-hmm. uh, what ended up happening with the, their previ- their previous management and now under new management, they <laughs> have, as you so greatly put it, creative latitude to uh, tailor their uh their storylines to be uh, uh, more innovative, more unique, and dare I say, offer a, a delivery style that kind of breaks the mold of conventional episodic television mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've watched very little of The Expanse, and. Quite frankly, I couldn't get into it, and that's not because the show didn't grip me. It was just I was very tired that day, and that's a fair. Point. You, yeah, you, you, you do re- have to be engaged in order to really take it in. You do. We have a couple that we're watching. I'm watching the Legion series, and you have to be in a certain mindset to watch mm-hmm. that, or you're all over the place. Going, what just happened? Okay. I I, so, I remember yeah. having to you know having to kind of sh- give my head a shake and like all right you you know focus on this, but. I wonder after a certain amount of time has passed since that switch from sci-fi to 
Amazon, if you can tell that there is like a break in how the uh, the characters and the storylines were cultivated in those those uh, under that uh, regime with sci-fi, mm-hmm. and how it's going to be with uh, the Amazon people. Amazon people. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we'll only see that in the you know in the framework of hindsight. But I right. think that's going to be a very interesting conversation to have once we get to that point to say, well, the show was like this, and then it became this. That I think is going to be very compelling. Well, here here's kind of an in- interesting uh, point: is that the first the first three seasons were all un- done under sci-fi. And in, interestingly enough, there's like there's a huge like demarcation point at at the at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. If if they um, it, I think I mentioned I mentioned this on a previous episode that if the show did not continue, uh, there there would have been you know people would have been getting getting their pit pitchforks and torches, <laughs> and because it because of the way. That season three ends, mm. and that's it's, that's the way that's the way I'm leaving it. But it's more of a cliffhanger. I wouldn't call it a demarcation. It's you, more you, of you a, haven't you haven't seen season three yet. <laughs> I've seen I've seen part of it, but I would say that what you're trying to say is because of the way that it would be more like a cliffhanger or a non-ending. Mm-hmm, yeah, like we've seen on other shows where they do the eh, for your own. What might have happened, or because I've seen that, especially in sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's in- interesting that in both the story that they're telling and in the story behind the show, that there mm-hmm. there's an there's an alignment here. That mm-hmm. the story they're te- telling is they're starting a whole new they're starting a whole new chapter. Let, either li- literally or figuratively, I don't know. I haven't read the mm-hmm. books, but uh, but and then it it so it it's interesting how you know life's kind of following art or art's following life or what you know one one of those two. But uh, the one one thing I hope does I I would um, to kind of encapsulate uh, the expanse think. I think the new the new Battlestar Galactica meets uh, meets Game of Thrones. So um, it's and I, I'm hoping that it doesn't quite lose that. Hmm. As as I mean, as far as like tone and 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 like how like diff, different um, different well d- different families or different en- entities There's interact and of- different. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of political intrigue mm-hmm. as well as just character development. There's a lot of character development, following backstories, doing that kind of thing. But there's also that political intrigue without without overdoing it mm-hmm. so that you get bored. Right. Um, but there is a lot of that building up to whatever... The peaks and valleys. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, a lot, a lot of the cast cast members are, are also like real big, real big fan fan of the book book series, and they've all they've like t- with with uh, and the and actually the t- um, 
that's um, the two two uh, authors that uh, that there, there are two authors that create the series, and they came up with the pen name James S. A. Corey. Um, and uh, I think one one of them is Daniel Abraham, and he's he's re- he's written a, bu- a bunch of sci- sci-fi, and I can't think of the other guy's name, but they're they're both like involved in the production of the show. Hmm. Which you, which you, you know, you, you hard, hard, hardly ever see. I mean, this, I mean, this series is, uh, it, it's a, it's a seminal uh, thing because, I, as you mentioned, it was axed. Like there was, you know, no one was gonna, gonna fund, fund produ- production of it, and it was only because of this huge groundswell of of the of its fans you know and it's and you know people did a, like an indiegogo kind of camp campaign to you know fly fly one of one of those uh airplanes with the the banner the the, the banner it's like to over the over the amazon head headquarters you know save the expanse and that's not a cheap thing to do. No. and so i mean shows just aren't brought back from the dead like that so, um, so, and, and just, and just the, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm blabbing here. You've expanded so. as far as you can expand, <laughs> you know, anyway. And it is one of those things where you have to be in the mood or mm-hmm. it's not going to get, I think I had to watch it. I had to start watching it more than one time mm-hmm. because of not being in that headspace. So you do get, but, but it will the storyline is compelling, and it will, you know, if you give it a chance, you might like it. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was my moment of squee. <laughs> so, uh, but, but uh, speak, speaking of space. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, we, we, we discussed at length... Uh, the uh, the Apollo Eleven anniversary on our last episode, mm-hmm. and uh, just a few days ago, I happened to be uh, taking a, a trip through uh, some uh, articles online, and I found this uh, very fascinating uh, uh, article on io9.com regarding uh, the Neil Armstrong uh, spacesuit that he wore, his spacesuit that he wore during that mission, mm-hmm. and it's uh, currently at the Smithsonian. Uh, a space exhibit and the article details the level of uh, to simply put uh, the uh, the spacesuit is slowly disintegrating it's deteriorating it's over 50 years old now mm-hmm. and certain uh, components were not meant to last forever so uh, there are uh, certain parts inside the suit that are, are decomposing and they're decomposing at a certain rate. So what they decided, what they designed at, at, uh, in the, at the Smithsonian was this, uh, this ventilation system that they have installed inside the suit to uh, clear out the noxious gases and fumes that the suit's uh, deterioration process is, uh, is creating as a byproduct of that process. And it's evacuating those out and uh, ventilating fresh air inside the suit to help us uh, slow down the deterioration process. Uh, the, uh, the suit is now back on display. They had to uh, get the, uh, they built a mannequin essentially inside the suit 
and built in this ventilation system to help slow down the uh, deterioration process. So the current generation and then future generations can still uh, have the opportunity to see this uh, last, uh, well, last question mark? <laughs> or one of the few, I should say, one of the few uh, 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 examples of uh, technology that have literally been out of this world mm-hmm. and back. So it's a very fascinating article to read. And it just uh, something it was something that stuck in my head after we had our conversation about Apollo 11. And I thought that would be a nice little uh, uh, follow up to that conversation we had on our uh, on the last episode about going, uh, the mission and the technology that were, uh, was involved in making that feat possible. And to see that there is this effort to preserve that very iconic spacesuit, because if, if you if you've seen anything about the moon, you've probably seen some photograph or mm-hmm. some still on the, the of the TV broadcast or something about that suit and about that moment. So it's it's neat to see that there is some there is there is a concerted effort to preserve this piece of history for uh, for so long and it's it's it uh, it's interesting that you uh talked to it, it's well like three or four years ago i was i was watch, watching uh, uh it was through adam savage's tested uh channel on youtube or it is on on uh, their little video podcast uh, was it, uh still untitled and it it's you know it's still untitled. They still don't have a title for it. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> and Captain Obvious. <laughs> but and, anyway, he had mentioned that he was work working with some people at at Na- NASA on uh, on preser- preserving the uh, the suits from the Gem- Gemini and uh, and Mer- and Mercury mi- missions. And he he was he was talking about how the the biggest prop, prop well first first off they weren't exactly building these to last they I mean they they were I mean the Gem, Gemini and Mer, Mercury were def, were definitely like the beta test level and but you know they still kept them and but they were made with using uh, like organic latex. Which gonna break, you know? Which which that has its its own like um, issues. I mean, in in terms of like en- entropy. So it it's interesting kind of hear, hearing you know from from the other other side like the the solutions that they that they came up with. So, you have any th- thoughts on this or? <laughs> Don't look at me. Okay. If I did, I would pitch in. I'm trying to think, though. I did hear, and I heard this on Stephen Colbert. He was talking about there was a a certain former astronaut who his ashes were being taken to space. Mm -hmm. He's already been in space once, but I guess they're going, and there's actually two of them, and one of them might be... I want to say this is so dumb because I wish I'd paid closer attention. It was one of the actors from the original Star or um, Star Trek. 
Okay. So his, along with the former astronaut, anyway, their their ashes are being taken to space. They will be, it will go around the sun, and then it's just going to kind of go out into space so that they will really end up in the space frontier where no one's gone before. <laughs> and I can't, I want to say it's Chekhov, the actor who played huh. Chekhov. But I could be wrong about that. But anyway, I that's interesting. I just think that that's interesting that they did that. And I don't know. I don't know who the. I don't remember who the astronaut was. It may have been Armstrong, where some of his ashes were going up, also. But I don't remember. I don't remember who the astronaut was, and I don't remember who the actor was. But anyway, they're going. That's being well, I'm sure that's something you can look up online. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and I heard that on Colbert and when I watch Colbert, I only half watch him cause yeah, he's usually on too late for me to actually stay up and watch him. So anyway, yeah. that, I've, I've <laughs> the often, late show, yeah. like, go figure that anyway. I often thought, you know, kind of to, you know, just, you know, uh, get cremated and dis- dispose of, you know, have them disposed in that, in that way on, only, you know, um, like obviously this would be incre this this would be incredibly expensive <laughs> to you know launch up to uh to follow like the the two the two voyager paths and then one um once you get 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 out to the to, to the ort ort cloud out to the very very edge where the Body form or the form, former plant planet known as Pluto <laughs> resides, and and then you know launch a small cap caps capsule with with my with my ashes in it beyond beyond that, and then who who knows what happens after that? And didn't they reclassify Pluto as a planet a few years back? I don't think n- no. no. According, according, they wanted to, but they haven't. According to Neil deGrasse Tyson, who he he knows more about astrophysics than the three of us, or he's forgotten more about astrophysics that the, than the three three of us could ever know. <laughs> so um, he he mentioned that where Pluto is, they found a number of of uh, bodies that. That are in you know in its or- orbital path, but are not it it. He he said he had he hasn't it hasn't cleared its orbit of of other of other bodies that could that could like. The Earth, for for instance, any anything that we encounter encounter the along 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 our orbit is not gonna like not knock us off knock us out of our orbit or or really cause any kind of damage. Because we we've clear we cleared our orbit of anything that that would mm-hmm. uh, you know be that are of similar size. Pluto has not. There there's oh. plenty. It's in it, it's in an or- orbit in which there are other bodies of e- of equal or similar size. Hmm. It, it was just the first one that they that they saw that that far out. Interesting. So that so that's why it was de- demoted from a from from a planet because they discovered all of these other bodies that you know are ju- or, you know the same the same the same size so that there therefore it didn't meet the definition of a planet. That's no move. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. 
I'm sorry. Anyway, moving on. Hey, you brought up Star Trek, so I mean, uh, come d- on. D- Star Trek and Star Wars are two totally different animals. True, but still, yeah, they're not even in the same class. One's in a galaxy set in the future. The other is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> one is a TV yeah. show, and one is a movie franchise. Well, it, it's all—it's also a. No. <laughs> ah, anyway. Moving on. <laughs> I'm, 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 just, I'm, I'm just saying, Star Wars, Clone Wars, you know. Not the same the thing. Same. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, there's TV anyway. in Star Wars too, all right? Anyway. <laughs> we welcome your comments. Yes. HOVpodcast at gmail.com. It's a, it's a classic Trek versus Star Wars debate. Again. Uh, anyway. Hey, there's a show title. Come on, nerds, get at us. <laughs> anyway. And that is not a pejorative because clearly in the balance of this conversation, we've talked about a lot of uh, very nerdy things here. So we're not picking on anybody. Yeah, I, 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 I do not participate in this whole Star Trek versus Star Wars thing. Because at, at at this at this point, you know, cre- creator, you know, they've pe- people, that, you mm-hmm. know, that have worked have worked on on both on both entities at, at this point. You know, I mean, because Jay- but they but they're separate. They're not right. The only thing they have in common is they take place in space. Yeah, they're completely different in their storylines, in their path, in their mythos. I was going to say pathos. There's a different, that's a whole nother <laughs> issue, but just, you know, it's just, it's like apples and bananas. Yeah. But, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking about the, the, de- the debate part because oh, no, that, I'm know. not saying anything about the debate. There's, there well, no, there is no debate. Exactly. There is no debate. Exactly. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, there's no, even, no wink, wink, nudge, nudge either. <laughs> HOV podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah. F- Moving by on. All, by all means. <laughs> so I was going to say so, something. I'm just not going to. Okay, moving oh, on. But, hey, if you want to say I something. I was just going to say, psst, your ass be showing. Well, yeah, fair enough. I mean, it, it, it usually is. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's always with me. I mean, there's no there's no there's no cure. You know, there's no like I didn't mean lo- for you to run a, with no, that. No like lotion to, to rub into. I was just pointing you know. that out to you, and I knew you were going to take it and run with it and make it way more than it needed to be. Of course, that's why I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. And, so, that's like, and then there's and then there's space balls. <laughs> there you go. Hey, yeah. there you go. And they're uh, and the infamous. Uh, oh, I hate I, yogurt. <laughs> I, I love Uranus bumper sticker on the uh, <laughs> on Lone Star's uh, ship there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the other the other one is uh, you could say there's hard war wars too. Don't look at me like that. Hardcore Wars is just a parody okay. of all these different things, including Spaceballs. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. I just dated myself. Anyway, <laughs> check it out. The Bambi versus Godzilla is my favorite. Check out Hardcore. Um, oh. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that lasts about five seconds. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's a thing. Check it out. 
Yeah, it's a five second clip of YouTube no. on YouTube. Of, nope, of, it's uh, not five seconds. It's a lot longer than that. And it's ten it's seconds. From, nope. There's there's no way Bambi stands up. to Bambi Godzilla. versus Godzilla. Check it out. It's a nice little short. Anyway. Yeah, it's ten seconds. So no, Bambi getting not. roasted by Godzilla. No, it's not. <laughs> it is not five or ten seconds. It's much longer than that. Just check it out. So forget Star Wars versus <laughs> Star Trek debate. The Here's, Hardware Wars. The real debate is Bambi versus Godzilla, apparently. On, on Hardware Wars. There, there's a tie in there. Anyway. We welcome your comments. <laughs> Bambi versus Godzilla. Who comes out on top? Podcast at gmail.com. Moving on. I know because well, yes, I've seen it. I'm the only one who's seen it, apparently. So I know how it ends. Yeah, I'm just anyway. poking fun at it. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be poked fun at. That's the whole point. Anyway, moving on. Giving so you a anyway. graceful move on, and they're not <laughs> so, taking yeah. it. Sorry. So something about a bumper sticker. Yeah, I had a, about bumper sticker. I had a great segue about the bumper sticker, and we totally ruined it. <laughs> so thank you both for that. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so speaking of bumper stickers, <laughs> speaking of bumper stickers, let me pull up the article real fast, which I could have been doing while this whole Bambi versus Godzilla thing was going on. <laughs> it's Godzilla. <laughs> Just check it out. Hardware wars. Bambi versus Godzilla. All right. This is this is a slightly outdated story. This took place earlier in May this year, but it's a. Uh, Again, speaking of bumper stickers, this is uh, from the Lake City Reporter, Lake City, Florida. And the headline is Obscenity Arrests Sparks First Amendment Claim. A Lake City man was arrested Sunday afternoon for a window sticker that a deputy alleged violates a state obscenity law. Dylan Shane Webb, age 23, uh, Dylan Shane Webb, 23, of Southeast Dancourt, faces charges of possession of obscene material a first-degree misdemeanor, and resisting arrest. Also a first-degree misdemeanor after he refused to remove a sticker on his rear window that said, I eat ass, <laughs> according to a Columbia County Sheriff's Office report. Around 5.50 p.m. Sunday, a deputy saw a brown Chevrolet truck traveling west on U.S. Highway 90 and noticed the sticker. The deputy claimed the sticker violates Florida statute 847.011, which deals with possession and distribution of obscene material. When the deputy confronted Webb and a passenger about the sticker, Webb said, quote, Webb said they were, quote, just words, according to the report. The deputy asked Webb how, quote, a parent of a small child would explain the meaning of the words, unquote, to which Webb replied that it would be, quote, up to the parent. The report <laughs> states, the article goes on to say that after issuing the notice to appear, uh, the deputy asked Dylan to remove one of the letters from the word ass so that the statement would, quote, no longer be derogatory. Webb refused, citing his First Amendment right according to the report. And it would no longer make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good, that's a good, that's a good point. I.e. as what? <laughs> Godzilla? <laughs> I eat as Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> what could it possibly be? Well, small children aren't going to be able to read either. Hello. So, uh, 
I got wind of this article to uh, thanks again to the uh, the upstanding Burgundy Rainbow community, and I just add, had to laugh myself silly, but it just it just got me thinking about just the sheer absurdity of of not just not necessarily thinking of it in terms of the First Amendment in terms of American culture, but just self expression in general. Uh, whether it's something that is a true statement, maybe he does ass, or maybe he's just trying to be funny, or maybe he's just trying upset to upset the apple cart. And clearly, the apple cart got overturned <laughs> while he was on, you know, you know, in his in his truck that day. But it, it, the, just the sheer absurdity of something like this. Don't don't uh, why why? Yeah, that's my question. Is why why are we getting uh, the collective we? Not we right. here in studio, right. but <laughs> right. the collective we. Why do we spend so much energy and time and effort and resources on something, on policing our, on policing stuff <laughs> that is so trivial? Yeah, like this in terms of self-expression or expressing an opinion of varying degrees let's say i'm going i have to use a blanket statement because there are so many different nuances of not just saying i eat ass <laughs> and whatever there's i've seen a ton we've all seen mm -hmm. tons of inflammatory bumper stickers of mm. of you name it it's yeah. out there does it catch our attention? Absolutely. Does it make us feel a certain way? Most definitely. There are bumper stickers out there that get, you know, that make me laugh. There are some that kind of make me raise my eyebrows. And and I know that at one point I'm going to I'm going to uh, bring up a, a nice little uh, pivot down memory lane for you uh when you had something on your on your car once oh, upon yeah. a time <laughs> this the, uh, what is it your uh, gasoline has carbs, carbs in it yeah <laughs> at the height of the atkins craze in the early yep, yep. in the early 2000s so why do why oh, i don't have an answer for this i'm just posing this question just for the sake of posing the question why 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 get so bent out of shape over something like this and concurrently why do we as people feel the need to express this opinion to either to get a certain reaction of that type not necessarily of an angry type but of right so just to have someone react to that statement whatever that statement may be i eat ass i eat cheeseburgers or broccoli or whatever i love, I love cats Try Say that, that again, again with my mic. <laughs> yeah. Try that again with my mic. Um, I I love cats. They taste delicious. Some people find that offensive. I'm a cat lover, and I just laugh. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a bumper sticker which uh, which I've I've seen that you know, I I miss my ex, but my aim is improving. There's no way that <laughs> that could be put on a car these days right. and not have someone get so cross-eyed with rage or offense that like what I, what I personally, would I ever 
want to in, you know incur bodily harm on someone who I I dated in the past? Absolutely not. <laughs> Does it take away from the humor of the bumper sticker? I for I find it personally amusing, but that. That and that doesn't mean that because I find it funny that I endorse domestic violence situations. Right. 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 So there, it's such a complex thing. It's such. It's so complex. Why? Why? I would never post that. I would never put that on my car because I don't like. I don't like to have bumper stickers on my car. They're messy and yeah, you can't get get all the the the, the stuff off. But why? I, that's what I keep going back to is why. Yeah, well, while you were explaining, you know, the, this guy, the, the you know, policeman pull, pull, pulling him over, I just imagine, you know, on that, you know, on on the on the other side of town, someone setting fire to an AIDS clinic, and <laughs> and he's pulling this guy over because of a silly bumper sticker. Right now, if the guy was a proprietor of like a store, and he put the bump bumper. St- bumper sticker you know in in the store window and it wasn't like one of these novelty stores and they would say okay maybe they have a point but i mean it's on his own personal vehicle it's also and also i would argue that the store owner has the right to advertise his beliefs the way that he wants to because you don't have to shop there no, I'm just saying I'm playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's Fair right. Enough. I'm not saying wrong. I'm just saying some people might argue that that's impinging on the store owner's First Amendment rights as well. That's a fair point. Real quickly about that. We had we had a, a situation here a few years ago where uh, we had a bakery. Yes. That refused. Still, it just went to, they just went to the Supreme Court. That refused to bake a cake for a same-sex couple Feel free to correct me if I'm missing any details here. Mm-hmm. He, ref- the owner, refused to do so because it went against his his belief system. Mm-hmm. The couple ended up uh, filing a suit against him, and now uh, apparently it's gone to the owner won. The owner won because what he said was it was for his religious rights, which is something completely different than than just your First Amendment oh, right. Okay. So that's yeah. why he was able to win. Hmm. And again, okay, I'll give you a, I can't tell you the name of my company, but we're just going to say company. Company X. <laughs> well, no, no, no. This is better than company. We're going to say company Y, okay? Because Why? Why? Company X is the bad company. Company Y is not a bad company. Why? We have a, CHA, we have a CEO who is a political <laughs> PR nightmare. Every time he opens his mouth, he causes all sorts of issues for the company. So what I would say... Um, but he made a statement along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, that if you're going to bring a spirit of hate into my store, take your business elsewhere. And everybody thought he was speaking out against Trump, and that's not what he was doing. He's saying, if you have a spirit of hate, if you're going to promote a spirit of hate, and, it, um, he, and this is in regards to... Um, Gun sales, specifically. Um, if you're going to bring a spirit of hate, take your business elsewhere. We don't want your business. And so everybody just got, Trump supporters just got their... Titties in a wad? Something <laughs> like that. And just went off until they realized, wait, that's not actually what he said. Okay. And what we, what I would always do is say, you know, 
Where did you read that? Where did you hear that? Oh, I heard it third party. Well, you know what? Go back and look at it before you just cancel. And you know what? I'm happy to cancel your business because I because that's that's what would make all of us happy is for you to go away and you know we'll part part ways. But I just want you to understand that is that you know I'm not defending what he said because I know he's a PR nightmare. But I'm also I don't want you to just go off a of hearsay. Actually, read what he actually said word for word and then make an informed decision. So that it goes back to that same type of mm-hmm. thing. So, so that's what I would you know. It yeah. goes back to the bank, the bakery. So you know, so some people are going to argue that that you know be not not being able to put that in his store window goes against his. Yeah, that that that's that's a fair point. But uh, but at least with you know the storefront, you have less of a straw man argument. <laughs> than when putting it on your own personal vehicle. Right. I mean, that's and the just other stupid. Thing, and the other thing for being in a window of a store, maybe there are small children who are going to see that. And, mm-hmm. But in their defense, how small are we talking? Because small children who need to have that explained to them probably can't read yet. So, I mean, you could argue it anyway. I'm just yeah. playing devil advocate whether I agree or not. I'm just saying you could argue that any way you want. Pro and con. Mm-hmm. But yes, it wasn't worth getting arrested over. I knew that. No. Oh, yeah. I would just cover it up. I wouldn't take it down and I wouldn't alter it. But maybe I'd make it where, okay, until this is settled, until I get a court order saying I can show this in my own vehicle, maybe I'll just take it out of the window. But should uh, there really need to be a court order yeah, saying no you, can, There's not, you can not, do that? Again, again, I'm just stopped playing. It's not worth it on either. It's not worth it for the police officer to deem it, to make a big, bigger deal out of it than it needed to be. But it doesn't need to be made a bigger deal by the owner either. So there's a, so both of them, you could argue it both ways. So let's say that there's so, so the a whole point is level. why <laughs> I don't have a reason for you that there's a certain level of re- re- personal responsibility for how we choose to express our opinions. Correct. That's not to say we don't have the right to express unpopular right. opinions, but we have a responsibility to uh, express our opinions. You could say the same thing for somebody who's blasting what I call noise pollution. I don't even call it music. But uh, let's say that there's some music <laughs> with the <laughs> questionable, <laughs> questionable <laughs> lyrics and, they, oh, okay. and, they're, and they're blasting it for everybody to hear and you don't get a choice in the matter. I consider that to be noise pollution. I don't care if it's yeah. Christian music blasting. Uh, same thing. Same thing. It doesn't... It, it, so there's that... Yeah, personal responsibility, I think, is good. But the real world doesn't work that way. But it would be nice if people would just consider the people around them and not what they say, but how they say it. Our CEO would not have half the PR problems he does if he would just stop and think about what he's saying it and the manner in which he's saying it. Because it's not what he says, it's how he says it and how he presents it that always causes a problem. So that's just, that's company one. And I know because I'm getting that I handle, my department handles three different, we, we wear a lot of different hats, but one of the things we're doing is we're doing all the complaints. 
So I get all of the complaint calls from, <laughs> from when the CEO does something stupid. So, yeah. So you could argue that too. So it's just, why? I don't know. People are human. You take the human element out of it, and maybe it wouldn't be that way, but what's the fun in living life that way? And then there's the other side of it where we have unpopular opinions and unpopular forms of expression. Um, I'm immediately, I immediately think of Carlin's bit about the seven words you can't say on TV. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And something like that, uh, just as an example. But just because something is unpopular doesn't devalue uh, its importance. Right. Right. But he's not going around saying those seven words. He's not saying that in his everyday life and and in the supermarket. Right. <laughs> well, neither is Carlin. Where, no, but I'm talking about <laughs> right. George Carlin never did that. Yeah. Because well, there were children, you know, he so he picked his audience. Whatever grocery store he's shopping in now and whatever plane well, of existence he's in. Yeah. Fair probably, enough. probably everybody's saying that or <laughs> nobody's saying that. Maybe they don't go grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they just you know ma- manifest. You know, I was like, hey, I, I want, I want to, whatever. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, that maybe they don't need those kind of. They don't need those material things. We don't know. We we won't ever we know. know. We won't ever no, know in this no, lifetime. None of us know, and neither do you, because <laughs> you're alive. Or do you? <laughs> Hovpodcast at gmail dot com. Well, if you're alive, you don't know. <laughs> or maybe you do. Or you think you do. Oh, there's there's plenty of people that think they do. <laughs> but the, but there's no ver, you know, there's no verifiable uh, that's, you that's know. That's why we have anyway, don't get me I would started. love to get an email from someone claiming that they know. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> so, if you if you if you know something or if you know something, hoepodcast@gmail.com. And on that note, <laughs> I think I think we've run, run this thing into the ground here. So, <laughs> so I'll go uh, go ahead and wrap wrap that up here. So, uh, do thank thank you for wa- watching or listening, and uh, we do appreciate any feedback. So, please comment using channels found on hovpodcast.net. Please check out our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash hovpodcast underscore YouTube, all lowercase. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or TuneIn. Yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure I hit hit the right button. I'm like, wait, this is going on a ways, but no, no, it's the outro. But okay, <laughs> so yeah, we got, got a bit a bit off the rails there, but uh, Godzilla versus versus Bambi. Bambi, by the way, is Bambi. It's a drawn animated, and he's eating his grass, and you're watching all of these uh, credits. Credits, 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 credits. Five minutes of credits. Then Godzilla's foot comes down and stomps in, and then it's like five more credits. That's what.
Godzilla is. Ah. So you were close. <laughs> you were giving it away. Shut up, shut up. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> spo- I, I think I think we passed I think we passed the uh, the uh, t- that uh, what 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 is no return what, no, well not that like um, stat- statute of limit limitations on spoilers for Hardware Wars. Uh, Hardware Wars was back in the seventies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So okay, so we so for uh, ep- episode uh, I did uh, we have not a secret word of the day. Creative latitude, talk to yeah, classic Star Trek versus Star Wars debate. Speaking of bumper stickers, political PR nightmare. I am a fan of speaking of bumper stickers. All righty then.